The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. Don't take no Sherlock Holmes to see it's a little different around here. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We ain't here to podcast. We lost the best of seven series against the Elite. I am the scrotal package, John Mack. And I'm joined as always by a man who will give you a baseball bat and turn his back on you. A man who takes four hours to walk through a crowd. A man who once said fuck all for a year. It's the exceedingly dark. Medium-sized man, me, Mark Crowther. How are you doing, pal? You all right? Not bad, mate. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Pets aside. <laughs> Never have them. <laughs> no. Never work with animals or children, I think the old adage goes. <laughs> so, how's your week been? How decent going on? Um... Glad it's Friday, to be brutally honest. It's been a long old week. <laughs> Tell good, me about uh, it, but I'm working the weekend, so fucking hate you for that. <laughs> good performance from the boys last night in the, the new camp, though, so I was, in, I was impressed with that. Yeah, solid. The second half was corking. Yeah, it was a proper game, that. Proper two proper teams just going European for European floodlights job. Loved it. Yeah. Just a shame, uh, shame that Sheep Shagger Rafinha hit a fucking weird goal. Yeah, there's them, no, way we, no way you meant that. No way. Nah, definitely not. But confident that we can we can turn them over in the second leg, I think. I know, with a blatantly obvious statement from young Alejandro Garnacho, who just said, it will be settled at Old Trafford. It's like, no shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> I don't think English only, is his finest. <laughs> and, and he's only he's only 18, isn't he? Bless him. However, from sort of football-based dipshitness. <laughs> it's a wrestling-based dipshitness. <laughs> we're going to sit back, strap in, and take a long and winding road to stupidity, basically. It's created in a fortnight. Have you got one for me, Mark? I have got one, but I think it's I think it deserves to be in the main event spot. So, um, Ooh, is I it top-tier seven-star Tokyo Dome jobby? Top tier seven star could potentially break the seven stars, maybe. Yeah, um, but um, uh, we'll we'll go through the undercard first. I think you've got a few for us, haven't you? Yeah, there's nothing. It's not. It's not been mega, but there's been just little snippets of insanity and stupidity and moronity and cretinity throughout the past fortnight. And we're going to start off with a favourite of ours. <laughs> go on, scale breaker himself. The sliding shooting star dipshit. It's Davey Meltzer. He's back again. Oh, hey, we know you missed him. Give him a round of applause. Well done, Davey. <laughs> You're back again. So this is a man who reported facts for a long time. Then he reported opinion as facts for a long time. Now he's just fucking pulling shit out of his ass and stoking the fires of optimism or discontent, whichever side you lay on. He's basically come out with a tweet. In fact, it wasn't even in the tweet. It was via his uh, Wrestling Observer podcasting. Yeah. Basically saying, fuck all, 
and people are going clambering for the, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Basically, he's just said, I know some people might say, well, Punk's coming back. Punk may come back. He will be available to come back if they want to use him in a couple of months. It's not like it's so far in the future. You don't know that. You don't know if he's yeah. coming back or not. Don't say fuck all. I don't fuck think me. he's got a direct line to Punk, does he, to see how he's getting on with that injury? Fucking hell. <laughs> no, but he might have a direct line to Khan. And, you know, Tony Khan should be telling fucking Meltzer what's going on in the company. If Punk comes back, you keep that shit silent and then it's yeah. fucking off the scale when he comes back. Yeah. Moron. Absolute fucking moron. But he doesn't stop there. <laughs> busy um, week for Davey Meltzer. As we as we probably all know, if you if you're into wrestling and you're on the wrestling Twitter scene, the king of Memphis slash, you know, dodginess, Jerry Lawler had a stroke. Now, on his website, Observer website, there's a quote saying Florida Station Action News Five first reported this story stating that 70, the 73-year-old suffered a stroke in his Fort Myers home. Our Dave Meltzer is reporting it was not a stroke, but a blood blockage on the right side of Lawler's brain. So a stroke is defined as something that occurs when something blocks the blood supply to part of the fucking brain. But it wasn't a stroke. <laughs> the fucking... What what annoys me is it's like is he just doing this off he, you know, he just wants to off? he wants to seem like the smartest in the room, doesn't he? It's like, actually no, it was this. Well, he's not even he's not even done any fact checking or anything, has he? What a cretin! Honestly, it's unreal. <laughs> just the levels of dipshit he comes out with now. It's just <laughs> it's just beyond comprehension. Sometimes I don't understand this guy anymore. I mean, I didn't really understand him very well in the first place. But you, you, you knew back in the day, at least he was going to report accurate facts. He doesn't even do that anymore. He just lobs anything out. He just tries to get there first. He's not even trying to be accurate anymore, is he? That's the thing. Is it because he's got some internal dirt sheet war with Sean Ross Sapp or Webby's Jericho? Or whoever? Webby's Jericho. <laughs> he probably does. Like He wants to be first, doesn't he? He wants to, have, he wants to be the... The go-to for wrestling news insiders and stuff. It's it's pretty pathetic, really. <laughs> and then he's back on his uh, little trail of uh, poking the bear. He's retweeted something by Super Seventy Sports, which is an article about this guy called Paul Jones, not Paul Jones, the former uh, NWA manager and wrestler, but a guy from the sixties who wrote a column about the Beatles when the Beatles came on the scene on the Ed Sullivan show and saying like, oh, you know, they're flashing the pans and, you know, it's not as good as like good old rock and roll and stuff. And he's just bought, does this remind you of anyone? <laughs> and it's like, he's trying to get, he's trying to get Cornet trending or fucking poking the bear or something. It's like, yeah. I cannot. Well, he's on about obviously Cornet's obviously, he has a, you know, a lot Out of, of that. Yeah, yeah, he's like on about it. He's he's referring to AEW, isn't he? He's just yeah, you know, of course Cornet, he Cornet doesn't see the the bigger picture, you know, for AEW. But it's like, so so what if you don't like it? You don't like it, does he? <laughs> you know, I, I, whoever said that about the Beatles, I don't think they were going to lose any sleep about it. If they didn't, if they didn't rate them, they didn't rate them. It's not like it had any effect on them, is it? <laughs> I know it's, but what annoys me is. If you think Cornet's out of touch, or you like Cornet, or you fucking hate him, or whatever, why does Meltzer just continuously like, go at him? 
it's weird because he never said anything bad about Meltzer. It was just the wrestling he liked, and he's took it such a personal slight. He, he started saying things about Meltzer after Meltzer started, you know, poking the bear. Well, it's because Meltzer, <laughs> Meltzer, Meltzer was like trying to work with him, wasn't he? He was like, even after the, even after, he was doing dad daft shit on Twitter, like calling him out, and then he was sending him emails going, "Oh, do you remember this?" and all this, and, like trying to be all pally with him, like like they were working on Twitter or something. And Cornet was just like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, but the whole point of a work is you've got to let the other fucker know that it's a work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just fucking weird, isn't it? He's just an odd oddball. He is Dave Meltzer, from what I can gather. Or to quote Hulk Hogan, you. You're going to work yourself into a shoot, brother, HH. Much love. <laughs> HH. <laughs> oh, dear. Meltzer is just... When he goes, he goes, doesn't he? He goes hard or he goes home, that lad. Yeah, big time. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to go home to his, though. It's a fucking state. <laughs> it's like a orders. <laughs> yeah. Extreme <laughs> orders. So I've got another one. Cool. And this is this is an institution from West London, sorry, East London. The old Hammers. It's not West Ham again, is it? West Ham have cropped up a few times on here, Carlton Cole. <laughs> and West Ham are cretinous this week. What have they done? It's, invo- it's involving that man. It's involving Chris Jericho. Oh, wow. <laughs> Chris Jericho's tweeted, amazing to hear Judas played at a West Ham home oh. game at the London Stadium <laughs> today <laughs> at Fuzzy Rock at Iron Maiden because obviously West Ham are Iron Maiden's team of choice, certainly Steve Harris, the bass player. But yeah, <laughs> they're playing fucking Judas at half time at the fucking London Stadium, the complete. That's, that's worthy of being not nominated for even just thinking about it, never mind actually doing it. <laughs> it's such a middle of the road fucking rock tune, proper dad rock tune. I mean, I'm a dad. I'm nearly 40, but fucking hell. It's like, it's like listening to fucking, I don't know, Sticks or something. And it, and, and his 70s uh, Christian rock fans in our audience. I didn't mind, I used to not mind it as a song when he was like a heel and it sort of worked. But like... It's, bit, it's been done to death though, hasn't it? He's literally had it for about four years and it's like, right, okay, Chris, we're going to... Remember when Chris Jericho was good when he used to change his gimmick? Like, he, he literally, instead of these shit little gimmicks he does, he literally used to repackage himself. He hadn't yeah. done that for God knows how long. He, he just adds a new name onto himself and he thinks that's it now. I'm, I'm just going to have to class him as the Dennis Waterman of wrestling. <laughs> Got to write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't like quoting Little Britain on this show, but it is very apt here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> have you got any other uh, on the? On oh the god! For us? Oh god! Yes, I have. Yeah, <laughs> the Cretan of the wow. Air is back. Cretan of the oh, Air god. is back in action. He's been allowed to talk. Shouldn't be allowed to talk. He shouldn't. <laughs> this is this is the uh, the comment that he's had. I can't really comment on what their internal struggles. Their internal struggles, internal strifes are because I don't work there and I'm not there. I can only speak to the challenges we've had. I've I've got a lot of wrestlers who come to me and allege that WWE reached out to them to tamper with their contracts and asked them to break their contracts. I can't confirm that specifically. You just did. <laughs> I'm slightly thinking. I can only tell you what the wrestlers have come to me and said, but I've had multiple wrestlers and staff report that to me. It was very disturbing. 
Uh, first off, right, if you've not got concrete inf- like evidence, you've just got hearsay, don't go out and say this in public, you fucking penis. Uh, uh, thing is, how does he not know that the the wrestler in question is just doing that to get a new deal off him? Exactly. He's a fucking guy thick get... cunt, isn't he? He's a thick he's, twat. He's really naive is. as fuck. He's, he just gets worked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it'll be the easiest negotiating tactic ever, wouldn't it? Oh, I've just had Vince on the phone. Or Helmsy or whatever. <laughs> Once he had the couple put, of extra zeros on. <laughs> he's put, I've had to go out and try to put on good shows despite this allegedly alleged contract tampering. Frankly, I don't think it stopped us because the quality of the products and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. Oh, God, he's delusional. Bless him. He really is. I feel sorry for him. I do. He's on this, uh, the Dan LeBatard show. Right, I've never heard of him. This is another thing he does. He goes on these fucking. He'll probably come on on our show. Do you know what I mean? He goes on these get him on random shows, man. <laughs> Should we get so, him on? <laughs> and then he's put. And then he's come out with now. What's interesting is the story that is most real, the most intense, and the most hatred in all of pro wrestling is that between the two wrestling promotions, meaning AEW and WWE. I think we truly, truly hate each other. They don't give a shit about you, mate. <laughs> they don't. I'm not pro WWE by any stretch of the imagination, but like they couldn't. They're all right, aren't they? They're doing all right. Yeah. They don't need. Do you know what I mean? They've got good talent. They obviously let loads of people go, but they didn't really let anyone go that they were that bothered about. Apart from maybe Danielson. Well, that was a personal choice. Never released him. He just didn't want to renew yeah. his contract. Yeah. I've, I've, it still baffles me that he won't even talk about the Punk and Young Bucks thing. I know, but it comes out with this shite. Yeah, just constantly. Like the only the one thing that people want to want him to talk about, he just won't talk about it. Refuses to. Like I even saw Cody talking about it the other day, and he was sort of very neutral. But he, at least he was even at least he was talking about it. Oh, come on, fucking Cody Rhodes, man. He's the ultimate. He's a politician, Cody Rhodes. He knows how to oh, play yeah. the game. He knows how to say fuck all. Oh yeah, he was. He was being you know. proper Switzerland in it. Yeah, you know I mean, he was. Yeah. He was He's not daft. He keeps everyone sweet going around. He's not. He's not a shit disturber. No. He no. understands how to play the game. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's, he's learned from, from Helmsley now, isn't he? But not in a cunty way like Jericho plays the game. Yeah. Yeah, he's diplomatic about it. I would say. Oh God, yeah. You you got to say as much as you can without saying fucking anything, and that's mm. essentially what he does. And you know, fair play to him. But so many can man don't it. He needs somebody there with him to sort of rein him in when he goes on. He needs things. like a he needs like a spokesperson or something because he just he just comes across as absolutely off his tits whenever he does an interview or something. He's like he's just like, he's he, like he looks he's like a mental. little toy. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a little toy that like you wind up and just wind up, wind up, go, you go. Yeah, just come out with anything, whatever you want to say, apart from the <laughs> stuff that people actually want to fucking hear about. There's no <laughs> there's no way that they truly hate each other. He's just oh, he's trying to. He's trying to work an angle or something. It's fucking yeah. weird. And he wants yeah. to buy the fucking gaff as well, doesn't he, apparently? Apparently, yeah. He's been open to doing, like, cross-promotional stuff as well, but I don't think, I don't no. think that's ever going to happen. It's never going to happen. No, because, because they've probably said no to him and he's probably spat his dummy. I don't know. However, a guy who was not on our radar for a long time on the cretinometer, as they say, but he popped up last week and he's fucking back this week. It's Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Col- oh dear, Col- two, 
doing too. I know. Cota says he's interested in working with the WWE. The exact quote, this is from Fightful, our good mates at Fightful. <laughs> of course I'm interested in it. I'm good at producing players and I've created stars. So I don't think there's anyone who can control me, even in that frame. I live so freely. <laughs> created stars, what the doll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this this is, but when you when you hear that, I can imagine Omega saying it. Yeah, it's very Omega, that isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, mate! You've created who are these stars is created. Fuck if I know. <laughs> he said, and then Dark Puraresu Flosion also has a little thing about him saying, uh, "Kota Ibushi has told this guy if the WWE allowed him to also train." and create the next generation of wrestlers at the Performance Centre, he would certainly work with WWE. Yeah. Why would they give why, why would they give him that sort of power or anything like that? <laughs> you need to train all these people. We have a mannequin. Crack on. <laughs> Got a blow-up doll in the back, Kota. Trying to, trying to go, go away at that. <laughs> the, thing, what, what, the worst thing about him is he is decent. He can yeah. wrestle. And he could be... The fucking player, but it's all the daft shit he does, and all this fucking. I want to be the ultimate free agent. I want to be the ultimate, you know, independent guy who works wherever he wants to work. Which is fair enough. It's what Coke Cabana did for years, but you know, Coke Cabana's fuck all, and he's shit. He is the the dirt worst. Yeah, it's just a bullshit. It's like fucking his his ego, but man, it's like it's like oh, there's no one else who can train these people other than me. Kota Ibushi. I don't even know he did gang. train people. I don't even know he was into no. that sort of thing. I... No, he's, he's made he's made players and stars, Mark. <laughs> Vicious shoot headbutt <laughs> from the doll. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hellfire. <laughs> Honestly, he could, he could be just... appearing quite a lot. This guy. The people that talk this week, the people that have come out with all these bobbins, it's just like, what the fuck are these people smoking? Yeah. It's it's unreal. Yeah. Anyway, you had a main event one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sent this to you um, was it yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. It's the first ballot Hall of Famer. He's back. The Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the influencer, the Fuck all, whatever the fuck he's called now. Jericho's uh, he's on Twitter again. He likes it on there. Okay. Um, so um, he um, just some random fan, I think, just put a, put a tweet up saying, "Watching Chris Jericho versus CM Punk match from WrestleMania 28 on the WWE Network. Absolute quality match. Blah blah blah. Whatever." He also the the guy also said, "Oh, it'd be great to see you guys work together maybe in WWE again." That's obviously not going to happen. And Jericho's piped back. Knowing full well what he's doing, There's, you could look at this in two ways. He's gone. Uh, he's he sort of responded with a quote retweet. I always loved working with CM Punk, and he's added him as well. He's put him in the tweet with with four little dots at the end. So one, it's cocky as fuck, smarmy as fuck, disrespectful yeah. as well. You could look at it that way. Two, he's been an or the other way is he's been an absolute ass licker when everyone on everyone and his dog knows that he's been trying to get the guy out of the company for the last six months. If it is, if it is that one, that would make that would lend to me to believe that Punk could be coming back and he's just trying to mend fences. But I think it's the first one where he's been a smarmy prick, basically. He's taking a leaf out of the old books and Omega, yeah, playbook, isn't he? So it's 
Fucking hell, man. He's the guy who called him a cancer. Yeah. He's just a cunt. Jericho is an absolute prick. And uh, uh, I just... To call call Punk a cancer who actually has... Who's had meaningful, meaningful matches and feuds with young talent and then compared to what he does with young talent and just just smashes him into the ground and tries to kill all the momentum they've got. All you've got to do is look at Ricky Starks for last month. Yeah. That guy, he's trying. He's trying his fucking hardest, but he's been dragged into the shit. He's he's doing all these gauntlet matches with the fucking Jericho Appreciation Society. And that guy was on a that that guy was on a on a serious run, you know, when he had that promo and match with MJF. That was great. You could have seriously built him up for the next year to be the guy who potentially takes the belt off MGF, something like that. And but that's why Jericho started wanting to work with him because he was getting over. Yeah, I just think I just fucking can't stand Jericho. I just can't I, like I, it, it's, it's just mental. Like what he is now, he's just an egotist. He, he's basically Hulk Hogan, essentially. Do you know what I mean, what he'll do, he just beats these people down for a month and then he'll put them over in a fuck finish, and it's like, oh, I've got him over. No, yeah, didn't. but I let I let him beat me and all this. It's just bullshit. I just I'm actually, I just can't believe Tony Khan lets the geezer get away with it. But then again, Tony Khan lets them all get away with it, so it's not really that much of a surprise. As um, long as his little friends are all right. I just I think I think a lot of people are starting to realise that maybe Punk wasn't the fucking villain in this piece, and there's the story's not been quite told as it as it should be because I'm I'm no, seeing a lot not. of. I've seen a lot of things on Twitter in particular where, you know, a lot of people are saying, fucking hell, maybe Punk was right, you know, with the ratings and the fucking, the, some of the stuff that's been put on this being the elite and some of the stuff they've done on TV, Jericho, some of his comments. So maybe maybe, uh, maybe the tide started to turn and people are starting to realise that maybe it's not quite as it's been told. Let's hope so. I mean, Punk's not whiter than white. We've never said he's oh, like yeah. this fucking angelic fucking upstart. He's... <sighs> He's a prickly he's a character. Prick. He's yeah. a prickly character, and he and he does shit how he wants to do shit. And but he's he's earned that by spending years and years and years, you know, slogging it out. Yeah. And Jericho had to a degree. Jericho, you know, earned the right to you know have a lot of saying his shit. But it's it's the way he's ruining other people's shit, which yeah. is I mean, if it was just Jericho doing Jericho, and this is what you want to do, fair enough. I mean, it's shit. But yeah. you know he's only hurting himself. But the only per- he's bringing everyone down. The only person who came out of it somewhat unscathed was MJF, and that's just because of the, the level of talent he is. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I like Ricky Starks, but he isn't MJF, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's no, no. I think he's got talent. To, I think he's got talent to get out, get back on track. But it, it could. It's it, even even MJF. It took him a little while just to get his feet again. Yeah, and he's a prodigy. Yeah. So you know, I just think. I think Jericho is just—he's just on a del- level of delusion that's just in- incredible right now. And and I sent you with that finger. It was like uh, Jericho's scale of, you know, what what he does with talent. It's like debut new gimmick, gimmick gets over, gimmick gets stale, bury young talent for a start yep. again. <laughs> it. So it's just like he's just on like a constant like weird little merry-go-round. Jericho, and I'm just fucking sick to death of him, to be brutally honest. See, I don't even know if this is this is cretinous. Yeah. This isn't a daft statement from him. He knows full fucking well what he's doing. It's yeah, cunty. He does. It is proper cunty. It is. Smarmy with the fucking Fortnite. Yeah. 
he can, he can have whatever he wants. He's he's just a cock. He really is. He's just a yeah, cock. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, um, that, is that all of them? That's that's the main event. That's 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 it. I'm afraid I've got I've, I'm all crittened out ish. <laughs> what 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 are we thinking? What are we going to go with? It's got to be him, hasn't it? It's got to be yeah. that fucking penis. And, and and also added on the fact that fucking, I'm going to say Jericho and West Ham. <laughs> yeah, for entertaining him. <laughs> because the stuff the stuff that, that's come out of Abushi's mouth, we've learned re- very quickly that is vintage Ibushi. The stuff that's coming out of Meltzer's mouth is classic, classic. Meltzer. And the stuff that's coming out of Tony Khan's mouth is fucking just Tony Khan. <laughs> it's Brilliant. like it's just drivel. Yeah, absolute yeah. fucking waffle. It really is. Yeah. Tripe, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> absolute tripe. <laughs> so Jericho's so, the cretin cunt smarmy bastard of the week or whatever you want to yeah. call him. And West Ham get a better fucking playlist. <laughs> Oh dear. On to, on to lighter topics, though. Yeah, moving on. Last week we introduced a new segment. We have rebranded it this week simply because we hadn't thought of a, a really nice punny name last week. However, after my shitty little jingle that I made, we've come <laughs> we've come to realise the new segment will be called This Bro Fever. It's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Not to toot our own horn, but I fucking love it. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll try and make the jingle a bit less shit. <laughs> Bro! 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 So, oh, Vincey Russo. Vincey Russo is back. On his latest edition of Legion of Raw, that's his that's his Raw review podcast. Oh, a man God. with forty five podcasts. <laughs> I've never even heard that one. <laughs> he thinks that Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns is too predictable. Yeah, but Roman, well, because he because obviously Roman Reigns is going to win. No, just the match is too predictable. Well, this is what an angle is, mate. You work to the match. They've worked this for about eighteen months or something. It's not. It's been a, the, the builds of quality. To be fair, this is one of the best angles the WWE have done in fucking years. It's probably the Danielson thing, which they did by accident. Anyway, his quote was, "But you can't do that when a guy has the belt for eight hundred and fifty days. Why can't you?" Yeah. We, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's just, he like he likes to pretend that he's like he's like the. He's like the the messiah of this thing. You, you can't do that, bro. <laughs> it's because he thinks you've got to put a swerve in everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's no. Sometimes you've got to give the people what they're expecting to see because that's what they want to see, and they'll yeah. pay money to see it. You fucking cretin. <laughs> I think WWE have got themselves in a bit of a dodgy position though now with that. Just on, just to interject, don't you think that they're like? In a bit of trouble if they don't put Sammy involved in the title picture at Mania. There's been a lot of talk about you know getting Sammy and Cody aligned. Yeah, as, I've seen that. As yeah, friends, and he did a he did a segment with him, didn't they, the other day? Sammy and Cody. It's quite clever to do it like that, so you don't put yeah. heat on Cody. Um, exactly. He needs Sammy Zayn needs to fully endorse Cody after the elimination chamber, 
and yeah. Cody needs to fully endorse Sami Zayn before the Elimination Chamber, and you know, because the common enemy is the bloodline, right? So it's yeah, yeah. But yeah, Russo's an absolute fucking penis. <laughs> I love how he tries to give advice to people that like clearly are so so much better at booking wrestling than he ever was or ever has been. Do you know what I mean? He comes out with more though. He said, uh, two weeks ago, I criticised WWE for not teasing Brock earlier in the show, which led to a loss of 600k viewers from hour one to three. This week, I applauded WWE for formatting the show correctly, staggering the big moments throughout from hour one to three, a loss of only 218k viewers. Yeah, I know nothing. (laughs) Nothing to do with you, you complete fucking penis. Hel- Helmsley was listening into Legion of Raw and he thought, fucking hell, I better get this sorted. <laughs> Either way, you've still lost fucking 200,000 fucking viewers. <laughs> so, you know, you're still losing viewers. If you were the fucking mastermind of fucking everything that you claim to be, you'd have gained viewers, surely, with your, you know, genius booking. What a fucking cretin. He's a fucking, it's it's everybody does it. Everybody does it. Fucking AEW put something big at the top of the hour. WWE do. Yeah. Fucking. But he's Jesus. the mastermind behind it. You see. What an absolute <laughs> penis. However, his big topic this week was his comments about real hot Ripley. topic. <laughs> Vince's hot topic sponsored by Dettol. <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen these comments. <laughs> His comment on Rhea Ripley, what's an up to penis, saying she needs to lose the goth stuff because she needs to show how more how beautiful she is. It's like, right, we said this a couple of months ago about people who were different standing yeah. out, and we said you need your Mick Foley's, your Dusty Rhodes's, your, you know, your bigger guys and stuff. You need a Rhea Ripley because she stands out, you fucking Doyle. More, more look, than anything. If they look like Candice out. LeRae and fucking Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair, or, you know, enhanced breasts, blonde hair, fucking Stacey Keebler, swimsuit models, Carmella, fucking Tori Wilson, whoever, a Sable. If they all look like that, what's the fucking point? She's yeah, over I, because she stands out. She's over because of the way she looks. What? over. Ugh. Why would you? Why would you change something that got you to the dance in the first place? That's the reason she's fucking getting over with the crowd. The fucking people think she's one. One, she's talented as fuck. Yeah. Two, she's fucking stunning, no matter what she's fucking dressed like. And she's amazing way. in the ring. She's amazing in the ring as well. Yeah. But yeah. well, everything she has makes her stand out. Don't yeah. fucking make her like a cookie cutter. Diva, for want of a better word, I'm not. I mean, a lot. I know that word's not been used in the best of light a lot, a lot of the time, just because of the stuff it stood for. Yeah, like the sort of swimsuit model fucking thing. But like, there was a lot of people in that sort of divas area that could fucking work. Yeah, but Rhea Ripley's an absolute. She stands out head and shoulders above the crowd. Like Becky Lynch stands out. Asuka yeah. stands out. Even Charlotte Flair stands out, to be fair. Even Charlotte Flair stands out. Fucking Bianca Belair stands out. It's like, what are you going to do? Bianca Belair's cut her hair, dye it fucking blonde, and stick her her in with every other fucking generic fucker that's in there. And it's like, no, fucking get it. It's so out of touch. So out of touch. So out of touch. It's not even out of touch. 
It's this yeah. is this is the same shit that's been going on since fucking day one. If you stand out, you need different. No, people I mean, in there. I mean, I mean, Vince is out of touch. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a Scooby. What you know what I mean? Like he he thinks that the way to get over as a woman is just being getting you getting you getting your fucking blonde hair out, tits out, swimsuit model, blah blah blah. Like you would say, do you know what I mean? He doesn't Vince have a Russo. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's yeah. the one out of touch, big time. Well, this isn't a modern concept. This is. This has been yeah. going on for years. I mean, more so in the blo- in the sort of blokes wrestling because you never saw that many women on the show back in the sort of eighties, nineties. You had the the token like women's segment, like Rocky yeah. Robin or fucking Wendy Richter or whoever, or Medusa in the nineties and stuff. Yeah. But if you look at the nineties, the people Medusa was the blonde all American girl, right? Yeah. But look at the people she fucking fought: Chagusa Nagayo. Look different, Bonacano look different. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <sighs> it's 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 hard work. This guy, he's an absolute fucking moron. <laughs> and then and then on his latest Webby's Jericho fucking column, Mister stating the fucking obvious here, looks at the pro- his take on the problem with Bray Wyatt. You know, like it's some nuanced fucking. Thing. Everybody knows what the fucking problem with Bray Wyatt is. A dick. We've all seen it. Style over substance. That's his problem. <laughs> and he's coming like three weeks late to the party when every other fucker's commented on it, probably because he's been making notes and shit. Well, everybody else is saying, all right, yeah, best go with that. What a fucking, honestly, his takes on wrestling. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. They really are. And he's like, huh, yeah, I know nothing. No, you, you, don't, you don't know anything. You actually don't know anything. <laughs> fucking complete cretin. <laughs> However, his, his old pal, Glenith, he's, he's not been as, as controversial for a fortnight. However, yeah. 18 hours ago, <laughs> this cretin comes out with a fucking... Well, he's nailed his colours to the mast, let's just say that. He comes out with a, a tweet, Liberals in Pennsylvania voted someone in with a mental illness instead of a doctor to represent them. These are the same people that booed Santa Claus at Christmas. So at least they're consistent. What what are you on about? So I've had to delve further into that. Basically, the senator in Pennsylvania has turned himself in for treatment at a, a hospital due to clinical depression. But he had a stroke as well, and that is not a mental illness. Right, so Glenn's not even got got all the facts, really, has he? <laughs> He's clinically depressed because he had a stroke. Boo-hoo. So, so clearly, he's a right-wing Trump supporting knobhead. So you're saying to me that you can't you can't have someone who's depressed, but you can have someone who's a narcissist, which is also a form of you know mental illness yeah. Trump's one of the most mentally ill people just like not, not even knowing any sort of diagnosis you look at him and you go and you hear him and you hear him oh, talk and you, yeah. and you just go fuck me this guy's on on, on the fucking moon <laughs> do you know what I mean he's not he's not in like reality yeah but Gilberti and he's giving he's giving this fucking poor fucker shit and there's no need and this guy, bless him, Kev O'Connor on Twitter, he's like, you realise, he's saying like, the talking point is the left uh, is willing to vote people into office that have mental decline. 
These are facts that cut that cannot be uh, debated. Fetterman is clear evidence. You cannot talk your way out of it. The guy, the Fetterman in question, right, is um, John Fetterman, who's the Pennsylvania Democratic Pennsylvania Senate. I don't think he'd be saying this if this was um, a Republican. But this guy's no. saying, but the guy's coming back saying, you realise you can be depressed and intellectually capable, right? You know, it doesn't like completely. Well, make, yeah. You're not depressed and instantly become stupid or yeah. like unable to tie your shoes or something. Like, you know how to do these things. Depression doesn't affect the IQ or cognitive abilities. It doesn't. No, it's not. It's just state of mind, isn't it? It's, it's the way you feel. It's not you know, how you think or anything. And then some other guys come back saying, I didn't know depression had anything to do with his stroke and his inability to, to speak coherently. Obviously, a stroke affects your speech. It's got fuck all to do depression. The guy's a cretin. He's, 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 he's just put that out there without even fucking thinking about how that could make someone, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, how it could affect someone even further if he's fucking, just fucking wrong, isn't it? He's a wrong one. He really is. He really is. I know it's not wrestling based, but it, this, these are the antics of two penises, whether it's wrestling, baseball, or fucking politics. <laughs> we, we may know bones about what sort of side we lean towards, you know, but that's, that's who we are. But, we look at logic. This motherfucker doesn't look at fucking logic. He doesn't look at anything. The He's guy's an idiot. For Thirty years. Let's go this back to his career. Bastard. This poor bastard has got enough on his plate, and you get some fucking mid-card fucking gyrating penis from the nineties chipping in and giving it his fucking two p's worth. Absolute bellend. Absolute <laughs> bellend. No wonder people think you're a fucking scumbag. <laughs> he's so well hated, isn't he? he? Really is. But guess who he's on a podcast with a lot other than Russo? Um, who would it be? Who would it be? Conan. <laughs> Conan. Is he Conan a bit of a dickhead like that as well? Then. Well, it looks it, doesn't it? Well, yeah. By association. <laughs> so it has took a bit more of a. Less comedic turn, but <laughs> hopefully they'll come back with even more cretinous stupidity and comments that you know a four-year-old won't come out with next week. It's been this bro fever, bro. Speaking of two men synonymous with WCW at certain certain aspects, we're heading there right now, aren't we? We certainly are. It is the 2nd of December, 1996. We are in Dayton, Ohio. Wrestling are this is where the big boys play. We 
Zabisco, the world is waiting for one match. The world is waiting for two men to finally go at it. Hulk Hogan has never beaten Roddy Roddy Piper. He will get that chance coming up at Starcade. Well, you know, the repercussions from this match whoa, has on, leveled whoa. more moms than the Army Corps of Engineers. Wait, 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 I got second. something to say. Go ahead. Sting, Let him I don't say know it. if you're in your building or where you're at. But Sting, I don't talk to many people in this world, my friend, but I consider you one of them. Well, last Monday night, when I see what you did to my brother and attack him from behind, I'm here tonight to make sure you don't do it again. Sting, you think coming out and dropping me on my head and it's finished, it's over. It ain't over, Sting. Well, tonight here on Nitro, we're going to see. I'm going to make sure it's over. If you hear me, come down, Sting. We'll finish it. We'll finish it tonight. i tell you what, a challenge. Thank you very much. Challenge made to Sting by Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Gentlemen, if you're listening to me, maybe we can cue up that footage from about a week ago that they're talking about. We were talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. The entire world waiting for this one match. Truly the biggest match the sport has ever seen coming to Starcade, Larry. Well, you can talk about Roddy Piper. Here's a man. Talk about the biggest of all the big boys. He's got enough guts to get in the ring with the entire New World Order. All right. Well, we do have the footage that we were talking about. I do think we can roll it right now. Rick Snyder had this to say, and then we'll see what happened later on. This happened a week ago. So, our one. 27 days until Starcade, we were told. That's it. Larry and Tony, another uh, in the long line of shit shirts from Larry. It's a weekly occurrence now, isn't it? Let's be honest. It, it looks like if Monet painted with vomit and excrement. <laughs> I've always wondered what that style would look like. <laughs> they get interrupted very you know, promptly by the by the Steiner brothers, though, didn't they? They do. Uh, we get we sat here in dog barks in the in the sort of crowd, and that singles the arrival of the Steiners. Scotty in full fucking leather, paddy cap, waistcoat. YMCA video, that in it. <laughs> Absolute. He looks like he's just fallen straight out of Sturgis Hogwild. <laughs> like, had a bad acid trip, forgot where he was for six months, and uh, rocked back up. He's like, oh, where's my bike? I swear he's put on about 50 pounds of muscle as well since we've last seen him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is uh, something that will come up later on in the show. <laughs> How fucking big. God, Scott is huge. <laughs> so, Scott says Sting's a mate. Yeah. And he isn't happy with the attack on Rick, and he's making sure it doesn't happen again. That's why he's there. Hmm. Rick's not happy either, and he wants a match tonight. When he, when they leave, they just sort of carry on about Ogan and Piper, because they're all waffling about Ogan and Piper. And then it showed, they just recap Sting dropping Rick last week. And I yep. thought, you've just had him come out. He's cut a promo. And instead of like addressing what's just happened, he's just still talking about fucking Piper and Hogan. It's like, fuck me. That's the main topic. (laughs) No matter what. (laughs) Well, then we get a guy we haven't seen as frequently as we'd like to. I'm joking. We wouldn't like, we'd like to see him a lot less frequently. (laughs) We get the man who made Cody Rhodes what he is today. (laughs) <laughs> Glacier versus Hard Body Harrison. <laughs> just a, when you look at that name on a, on a, on a screen, it's just 
Hard Body Harris. <laughs> well, first we get the entrance of the Arctic aficionado. It was slightly conservative, I thought, his entrance this time, until he got into the ring. <laughs> Still as woeful and as expensive as ever, really. <laughs> it, what he reminds me of is, this is a bit of an obscure sort of musical analogy, it reminds me of the, the cover to the 12-inch of Blue Monday by New Order. It sold so many copies, but every copy lost money because the sleeve was so expensive to produce. <laughs> that, and that's Glacier. Yeah, but he didn't sell a dime. <laughs> no. So, you know, you're at a loss from the kickoff. <laughs> he's got terrible dandruff, hasn't he? Yeah. It's just terrible. It's terrible everything. He's just the absolute shit. <laughs> did, was it me or did he have, like, one coloured contact lens in a la Marilyn yeah. Manson? <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, one's, like, one of his eyes is, like, like affected by ice or something like I swear that's one of the things they said last time. <laughs> yeah, he was chipping a bit off the freezer, trying to defrost it, and he just flung in his eye. What a bag of shit to start the show, though. Eh? Do you reckon? Do you reckon Glacier would defrost his own freezer though? <laughs> he doesn't need to. He's got. He's got. He's got glacial powers. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to stick his helmet on to do it, just in case. <laughs> yeah, his, his helmet has been manufactured by warriors from thousands of years and all that. <laughs> so Hardbody Harrison, did you not recognise who Hardbody Harrison was? I didn't really get a good look of him, to be honest. Should I know? No, he's just a power plant jobber. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like fucking <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, just some random person. <laughs> no, he's not getting rowdy, I'm afraid. Uh, I think he, I thought he had a good look, but you know it was the sixty-second squash match. Yeah, in no in no cells. Then he kicks the fuck out of him. Leg sweep, spin kick, free. Next. <laughs> yeah, move on. <laughs> Cue nonsense. Shadow fighting in the dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the Cincinnati Bengals are in the audience, yeah. all in NWO t-shirts. Look like the fucking competition winners, don't they? <laughs> Woo, look at us. <laughs> and then they put them over, Larry and Tony, and then they go, uh, yeah, they are in NWO t-shirts, so. <laughs> don't put them over then, you fucking penis. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the match coming up there, it wasn't really getting much better, was it? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, so we get the amazing French Canadians with uh, Monsieur Parker, <laughs> uh, the Colonel, you love that gimmick, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I really do. Uh, versus Joe Gomez and the Renegade. These two fucking Nuno Betancourt-looking Lou Diamond Phillips fucking lookalikes. Jesus Christ, you may as well go to the whole hog and call them fucking the extreme young guns if anyone gets that gag, because <laughs> Nuno Betancourt was an extreme and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is in the young guns. <laughs> That's nuance. Very nice. <laughs> Nineties joke, that guys. In fact, it's probably eighties and slash nineties joke. I do buzz off the fucking French Canadians. I do. You like them, don't you? Lemon Parker, I think, works. Whereas it Parker with Harlem Heat didn't work. Yeah, because they're a bit daft, aren't they? So Parker can play up to that a bit as well. Yeah, I, I'm just laughing, still laughing at him every time I see him. Viva le Quebec! Love it. <laughs> what did you What did you think of this then? I, to be fair, I'm always, you know, pretty, a little bit impressed with the, the French Canadians when we see them. I think they're pretty good. 
I think Renegade and Joe Gomez are absolutely woeful. Yeah, just like oh, on God, a yeah. alert, like really, really shit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. one of the things that they said in this match before it really got going, like Tony was going, the, the Hogan Piper match is the the match of the millennium. It's not even the match of the decade anymore. It's the match of the millennium. They've changed it. The, let's be honest, it's not even the match of the month, really, is it? It's fucking... <laughs> they've absolutely like they're going so hard with it. To be fair, in this match, French Canadians dominated largely, which is good, really. Until you got that sort of renegade tried to break it up a little bit. Crowd's not into him, <laughs> you know, whatsoever. Like absolute crickets when he's like cleaning house. Like it shouldn't be like that, but. He, he tried to fire him up at one point. I swear he got large boot, like proper large boos from the crowd as well. So like they just weren't interested <laughs> at That's all. It. it was everything it needed to be, really. Yeah, good win for them, I guess, because they got they they lost at the pay per view, didn't they? And to Harlem Heat, so you obviously yeah. need to try and build them up again. So give them a bit of fodder. That top rope sort of assisted sent on they do. That's a really cool finish. Oh, it's quality, yeah. Yeah. It's called the Quebec Splash or something, I think. It's some, some really good stuff. It was actually heels, though. They work like heels. I know they're a bit yeah. comedy, yeah. but like when they, they lock up and he gets to the rope and they do the rope break, but then he straight mm. away knees him in the gut. Lovely. Mm. Do you like, like you should yeah, do. Yeah, simple stuff. Joe Gomez has got one of the sloppiest drop kicks I've ever seen. <laughs> He's just sloppy in general, isn't he? He's really bad. <laughs> But that stuff like when they launched Gomez over the top rope behind the ref's back. Yeah. Because obviously the DQ bollocks. And yeah. like Parker's putting the boots in. Works. Lovely. Yeah. It's just nice little heel spots. Uh, they do like a, a clothesline and a leg sweep thing. And the crowd just fuck. The crowd fucking hate them. They do get heat. Yeah. I know because the Canadians and French Canadians at that. They just, but they work. It's to hear proper it, heat. It's worked heat though, isn't it? Like they've earned the heat. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Did you see that bit where the renegade just picked up Mark Curtis and moved him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Everyone wants to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking... Because he was trying... Because he went to push a old Carl Willett off the top, right? Carl Willett. Off the top rope. So he, but he's like... Because Mark Curtis is about five foot six and fucking a fagged him, right? He just picked him up, put him to one side and then ran over and knocked Willett off the top. The, the, the hot tag was possibly the Weak. weakest hot tag I've ever seen. It's ice cold, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was just all a bit sloppy. The Renegade's woeful. Yeah, he's really bad. It's worse than Ultimate Warrior. That's that's who he's modelled. Well, that was that was his little gimmick when he first started, wasn't it? Um, it was an Irish whip that got reversed into a, a Carl Willett clothesline, and Jack hits a pile driver, and uh, Carl hits the assisted top rope cannonball thing for free. I thought it was fun little TV match on. Yep. The part of uh, the amazing French Canadians, I enjoy what they do. Yeah, they did what they needed to do was beat shit out of him. It was a nice little win for him, and I'm just, I just enjoy them them two with, with Parker. I think it's fucking comedy. It's a gold. fun pair, and it's a fun little combo, isn't it? <laughs> like, like we said the other day, like the, the comedy shit in wrestling is the shit that should just tickle you. That just yeah. fucking tickles me. Yeah, like it might, other people might not find it funny, but for me, it just tickles me. It's, when he comes down looking like that, he's an absolute pillock. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, it is funny, you got a bit. We get Mean Gene with, I couldn't miss this, with, with Arn Anderson. Sunday, December the 29th, the big holiday spectacular in Nashville, Tennessee. You know about the tickets going on sale this coming Friday. But Arn Anderson, I wanted to bring you out. Ric Flair, I was hoping he would have been here, but of course, as we know, he is in rehab. 
try to get that shoulder back in shape so he can return to the wrestling wars. But I wanted to bring you out as a veteran that I so respect and touch on the subject of the man who's going to be involved in the main event at Starcade. He is a man that I know very well, and you've met him all in the ring at one time or another. I'm talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, before we talk about Piper, Gene, let's first talk about what we know about Hulk Hogan. Let's talk about perception. For as long as I can remember, the perception of Hulk Hogan was he couldn't be beat. Well, Gene, I destroyed that myth, not once, but twice in a row. That's all it was, was a myth. You're human, Hulk Hogan. Two consecutive weeks, I might add. Two in a row. Now, your perception is that illusion you're living under, Hogan, is that you're going to walk over the top of Rowdy Roddy Piper at Starcade. Ric Flair told me years ago, Gene, the toughest fight he was ever in in his life was Roddy Piper. I took it with a grain of salt, and then I started to watch Piper, and I watched the passion with which he approached every match, the heart, the guts the man has. And then I saw what happened last week. When you called Hogan out, Piper, you knew, Gene, he knew he was calling out the New World Order. All of them. And when he stood in that ring, I didn't see fear in his eyes. I didn't see anticipation. I saw a man focused. And Hogan, you took your best shot. The New World Order, you took your best shot. And when you didn't take Popper out, you know what you gave him? You gave him what we call an edge. Because anything that happens to you now, Hogan, is all well and good. It's called a receipt. What are you going to do when Rowdy Roddy Popper and you are head up? No NWO, just you, Piper. Popper's more man, he's got more guts, he's got more heart, he's a better wrestler, he's more everything than Hulk Hogan. You know, I don't know if this is just coincidence or not, but Arn Anderson, one week from tonight, live on Nitro, Rowdy Roddy Piper will be here. And isn't it, or is it, a coincidence that it's going to be taking place in the home of the horseman, Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, the fact of the matter is, there's an old cliche, and it goes like this, Gene. You don't jump a dog in his own backyard, and you don't mess with family. Charlotte, North Carolina is where the horsemen live and breathe. And we're going to have a little get-together with Piper. We're going to be watching his back. So, New World Order, you're welcome. Come on down. Hogan, you're welcome. Come on down. I think you'll find Charlotte, North Carolina is not such a friendly place. I thank you very much. Words of wisdom regarding... Gene wants Arn's opinion on Roddy Piper. Arn also said that he, de- he uh, that he destroyed the myth that Hulk Hogan couldn't be beat twice. Yeah, beat him uh, twice. Yeah, and then how he managed to leverage that, I'll never know. To get Hogan to do a job twice, I know, I know <laughs> that's that's insane. <laughs> um, and Flair Flair's been on to Arn. He said that he, the toughest fight he'd ever had was against Piper. So you know they're putting him over so big. Rick and Flair I, fucking loves Roddy Piper, like yeah. Rick Flair. He thinks Piper's the funniest guy. And like in real life, he thought he's like everything Piper does and says he pops for. Yeah. Like I've heard many, many of people say Mike Michael Hayes goes on about it. Oh, fucking Piper. He, everything Piper does, Flair will pop for. Like he thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. They even did a wife swap. Did they? Yeah, do you know on that celebrity wife swap? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Did they? 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant literally. I was like, oh, forget it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, that's Paige and Bischoff, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, so obviously Flair's been, Flair's been on to Arn. He says he's the toughest fight he's ever had. Arn then said that he started to pay attention himself and studied the work of Piper and noticed that he's a man with no fear. Nice line. Um, yeah, he says he, he says he sees focus, not fear, in his eyes, which I yeah, thought was good. nice as well. That was a really cool line. He said that when NWO broke him down like they did at the pay per view, they gave Piper an edge, and he's he's going to give Hogan his receipt. Good, yeah. Really good stuff again. Um, it's always good stuff with him. He's yeah, brilliant. and then he they said one week from today, Piper's going to be live on Nitro in Horseman Country, and he said that the Horseman will have his back in uh, in North Carolina. Yeah, that obviously they're nailing their mask to the Piper, uh, the Piper bandwagon, I suppose, which is good because you know it's the big came, match in it. He came out with something. He said, uh, "You're in Horseman Country, and you don't jump a dog in its own backyard." I yeah. thought, guess in, that's lovely. He's just he's always, he's always top notch, isn't he? Yeah, he's always top notch. I can't fault the fucker. Yeah, he's world class. He really is. Especially, well, he's so underrated on the mic as well. Jesus. Yeah. What's your take on every fucker promoting the Hogan Piper match? I do find it a bit odd, but I sort of I understand why they're doing it because obviously it's the as Tony called it the granddaddy of them all. Even though that's the mania thing, it's their big main event for the big pay per view, isn't it? So I get it. I suppose they kind of do. They kind of have done it a lot with WWF and stuff over the years, where they have like the big yeah, main event. It's like who you picking, Rock or Austin, or so it's not. It's not like un unusual but, Not unheard of, no. but it is a little bit odd it's a bit random with Arn doing a promo on it I don't mind it because it was a fucking good promo but it's like but considering he's in, a, he's in a sort of feud with Luger and you know yeah it's sort of just a bit out of the blue but even Arn can make that amazing so I, I didn't really mind it as much however next up we get a couple of a uh, couple of guys that we enjoy thoroughly the yeah. face of fear with Jimmy Hart versus Scotty Riggs and the Eye of Gibson. <laughs> what a random partnership. <laughs> yeah, this is an odd fucking pairing. Ricky Morton must be at the hairdressers or something. <laughs> he has to be, doesn't he? Getting that hair sorted. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't see these boys winning this. No, <laughs> I didn't give him much of a chance. <laughs> the, uh, the, the recap the NWO running last week on a split screen, I'm thinking not for a whole fucking match. Please don't do that. Why, why do that in the match? Why would you do that? Do it before. Nothing, nothing has as, as much significance as the NWO or Piper at the moment. Well, why wouldn't you just it's, do it before yeah. the match or when they're entering or something? Not in the match. It makes no sense. <laughs> well, we're well accustomed to the fact that they can't format certain yeah. things properly. So, no, you're right. <laughs> so, so, old Barb's in. He's mauling rigs. Yeah, he tries a sunset flip because he can't get Barb down. Gibbo drops him with a clothesline, which was nice. Nice double team move. Uh, Riggs and Gibson work over Barb's arm. Riggs and get a face plant. Yeah, Riggson. <laughs> I am Riggson. I was thinking to myself, this uh, obviously at the time you're thinking this probably could have done Scotty Riggs a lot of good tagging with someone like uh, experience. Gibson. Yeah, yeah. American Express, anybody? <laughs> American Express, American Express. <laughs> cashback. <laughs> There's money there. <laughs> That's the finisher, the cashback. <laughs> the problem is, the problem is, not many businesses will take them. <laughs> <laughs> Too expensive, you see. 
Um, Get your frequent flyer so miles. <laughs> I thought they were. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought they were working quite well as a team. Yeah, um, but Barb slams Riggs, who keeps Barb's arm as he's slamming it and bars it, which I thought was really nice. Nice one, Riggs. Meng's in, and Gibbo tags in Riggs, who crossbodies off the top, double clothesline, and he's back to the arm. He cut off Meng with quick tags. I thought, you know, I was. It was quite impressed with good it. Stuff. It was some good stuff. Yeah. Meng boots him and chops his way to dominance, and we get a brute that brutal backdrop power bomb. Fucking oh, pure gold. Again, it was like where he caught him, it was low, so he's just had to use his brute force just to pick him up. <laughs> Fucking it astounds me, these two bastards. It really does. I pop back for that every single week. Yeah, it's great. Gibbo's receding mullet is a shocker. <laughs> it's absolutely it's awful. It's it's rotten, isn't it? It's like it's like a rat on top of his head or something. <laughs> I mean, I thought, is he thinning? And I'm thinking, fuck me, it's anorexic. Thin. <laughs> Jesus. It's Phoenix Knights, isn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> it's anorexic. <laughs> Gibson saves Riggs at two. The faces <laughs> continue to batter Riggs, cutting him off. Nice, nice tag team stuff. Pile yep. driver to Riggs. He saved it two again. It should be done with that, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Big elbows by Barb. Sunset flip can't get Barb down again. He drops his ass, but Riggs moves. Barb misses elbows and Riggs gets a tepid tag to Gibson. He fires off rights and hits a nice reverse net breaker as he dives over Barb for two. Insiguri distracted by Meng and Barb hits a big boot for free. Thought it was all right. Bit too long for what it needed to be. Yeah. You kind of want them to squash a lesser tag team with the title match at Starcade coming up. Yeah. Uh, then then Riggs clocks them with chairs. It made zero fucking sense. And it completely <laughs> shits on your title contenders, especially when they're two double-eyed bastards like them too. Yeah. Was it, yeah, it's a bit random, that, wasn't it? Strange little after yeah. so I don't know what that was about. It's like... Last week was the time for you to turn heel, Scotty, when you had the opportunity to join the NWO. <laughs> yeah, funny. odd, odd one. <laughs> but after that, we get um, we get shown some footage of Benoit and Sullivan's fight from a couple of weeks ago on the Saturday show. Dungeon beat the fucking shit out of Benoit, didn't they? In the bathroom, in the ring, outside, everywhere you could fucking go. Yeah, um, it was just, it was like then... it was essentially like the the Great American Bash match. Yeah. Essentially, really. but free TV, but free TV version, I suppose. Yeah, uh, and instead of just Sullivan in the bog, it was the whole dungeon was in the bog waiting for him. Yeah. Uh, but woman came down to obviously break it up, and obviously that odd little—I mean, it's 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 uncomfortable actually at times to watch that angle, but um, yeah. that's continuing to move on. Obviously, that it's like he's like like you say, booking his own divorce, isn't he? It's fucking yeah. odd. Uh, the thing, the thing that stood out to me was. Woman was so fucking nails that Meng and Barb had to hold her back. <laughs> she, looked, she looked really fucking good in that segment, to be fair. Like, looked like menacing. Um, yeah. So it, then that leads into the, the task, the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, coming down for his match against unnamed jobber. I don't even think they mentioned it on commentary. No, but a little digging finds out he's called, you'll never guess, KC Sunshine. <laughs> He essentially wants to do a little dance, make a little love, and pretty much get down tonight. I wonder if he ever made it. No, I don't think so. But again, 
No heart, no eyebrows. Walks with a purpose. I'm fucking. I'm on board with 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 Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah. And he proceeds to kick the absolute fuck out of a jobber (laughs) who thinks the eighties is still going on. Beats the fuck out of him. (laughs) It was an absolute woeful Rudy Voller permed mullet peroxide blonde. It was dreadful. (laughs) It was. And he, he just proceeds to fucking muller this lad for two minutes. <laughs> just fucking mullers him. Yeah, do you know what the funniest thing is, though? He had, he's like, he's beating the fuck out of him, lobs like water bottles in his face, and he smashes him. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that he... was the best spot that he picked <laughs> it up and fucking launched it. <laughs> and he does all that, and it's like fucking great. This is awesome. And then he does that fucking woeful double stomp to win it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably needs a better finisher, but this poor cunt's on his jacket on. It was. <laughs> He's not going to get the benefit when he goes outside, is he? <laughs> and when he takes it off, fuck's sake, when he takes it off, finally, he's got like zebra print trunks on. <laughs> he's, he dresses job. like, but well, the thing is, he dresses like Brian Pillman Jr. does now. <laughs> Proper jobber, though, isn't it? You don't even get a name, get a call out, bless him. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it was mental, but it was fun. I'm really enjoying Sullivan at the moment. Yeah. Really yeah, awesome. it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It's nice and quick, wasn't it? It just got it did what it needed to do. Oh yeah. And then we get a, an in-ring promo with him with uh, old Gino. All right, I thank you very much, Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, Kevin Sullivan. You have been described in the past as uh, being a little sideways, and not perhaps what we've seen here tonight and what we've seen recently from Baltimore, Maryland. In that match between Benoit and yourself, I would have to say that you, sir, are a man possessed. Benoit, I thought I was the greatest chess player to ever play this game. In Baltimore, I hurt you real bad physically. But later that night, you've hurt me mentally and right here Benoit you know what I'm talking about you've had your own problems in the past you can say that again you've had your own problems in the past please Benoit let me tell you a story there's a lot of you in me and sometimes that sweetness wears off Benoit, I don't care if I dig my own grave with my own hands with you because one of us will be buried alive because now the equation equals three. Don't don't expect any late-night telephone calls from me. I thank you very much, Kevin Sullivan. Stay tuned, folks. Gene thinks he's a man possessed. Yep. So he thought Sullivan, that is, pronouns pal. Yep. He thought Sullivan was the greatest chess player to play this game. He's hurt Benoit physically, but Benoit's hurt him mentally and in his heart. Yeah. I liked it, but if you don't know he's married to a woman, it's confusing. Yeah. But it's also, if you do know he's married to a woman, it's fucking chilling. Yeah, it is. And then he, he says he doesn't care if he has to dig his own grave with his bare hands 
because one of them will be buried alive. It's fucking Ooh. ominous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. It's really good. But in hindsight, it's, it's fucking, fucking chilling. Nightmarish. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fucking really harrowing. Yeah. He, he lost his way a little bit during the... He started going on about like math. He started doing some mathematics at one point. I, he, I thought he was going to do Scott Steiner, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought the first bit was fucking... You know, like, like you say, if you know the context of it, it's really, really good, but also it makes you feel a bit cold, like like you oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, he's a pretty good promo when he when he's got some... When he's actually got some serious Content, stuff to get into. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. I agree. I think I think he fucks himself a little trying to do this dungeon thing to make it more palatable for Hogan, so Hogan felt comfortable enough to trust him to turn for him. Yeah, but I mean, we missed some of the absolute worst. We the worst of it, didn't we? Yeah, with the uh, when he puts his hand in the water and goes, "It's not hot." <laughs> There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't see that. <laughs> I, I kind of wish we did because it would have been brilliant. Uh, then we get then we get nice old Dino Malenko coming down yep. versus Billy Kidman. I'm thinking it could be good. This, yeah. Uh, they say all the cruiserweight belts could be unified at Starcade against Ultimo Dragon, which, which he signed fair, on should for, be quality. He yeah. signed on for the cruiserweight title, regardless of whoever has it at the pay per view, hasn't he? Whoever wins gets a nine belt haul. <laughs> so it starts uh, waistlock reversals, and Dino takes the arm hammerlock reversals and a snapmare. Kidman gets a rana for two. Headlock and shoulder charge gets a head scissors and sends Dino out. Kidman goes for the Pescado. <laughs> Pescado. <laughs> but Dino just fucking moves and plants him with a power bomb on the floor. Nasty. So we get some more. WCW casual racism as Sonny Ono comes down with a camera because you know all Japanese people take photos and are tourists all the time, did, right? Did you hear? Did you hear Larry though? No, probably not. He goes, he goes. They love cameras, don't they? Can I shock you? I love cameras. <laughs> Fucking honestly, bud. There's a lovely T-bone by Dino, and he works a chin lock and then crucifixes Kidman for two, but keeps him in it and then like stretches him with it. Delayed yeah. brain buster. Fucking Should have been stunning. the three. Should have been the three. Should that, have been I think. the finish. Yeah, hundred percent. Only gets two. <sighs> Seems Kidman botched a spot in the corner, trying to do the boot to the face. So Dino sort of sees his ass a bit and fucking makes him do it again. <laughs> bit shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't bit like shit, that. Shit, because they do that these days and it's fucking annoying as fuck. Kidman hits a missile drop kick and a fisherman suplex for two. Dino get goes for a razor's edge but gets counted into a backslide for two. They trade inside cradles, then Kidman gets caught up top, and uh, Dino hits a superplex. Dino goes back up top. Fucking Sonny Ono does the Hulk Hogan, Yo Gozoon, a fucking WrestleMania Camera. 9 uh, spot. With the fucking... Is it WrestleMania 9? Yeah, WrestleMania Caesar's 9. Caesar's Palace one. No, 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 sorry. No, because no, no, it's not WrestleMania 9. It's uh, King of the Ring 93. Do apologise. Where he actually dropped the belt, because the WrestleMania yeah. 9 is where he fucking rocks up and... Says Brett, yeah, you, wins, you uh, can't beat him. Yeah, it's fucking bollocks. <laughs> so he, he blinds him with the camera flash. There was no flash. I didn't see one. <laughs> no. Fucking Kidman hits a shooting star press, but Dino's got his knees up. 
Texas Clover leave for the submission win. What was the point in the Ono thing? Because it didn't fucking do anything. Waste of time, wasn't it? Save that for a pay-per-view, surely. 100%. There's a few botches from a very green Billy Kidman. Uh, yeah. He should have finished with the with the, with the Brain Buster. The Ono spot was Pony. Definitely not Dino's best. What did you reckon? Yeah, I think it went a bit long. I think it didn't need to be as long as it was. I, mean, I know it wasn't mega long anyway, but I think I think maybe Kidman got a little bit too much in. Yeah, he's green as fucking grass as well at the moment. Like, like I, said, I keep thinking, oh, Billy Kidman is good, but 96 Billy Kidman not there green. Yet, is he? <laughs> not, he's not yeah. there yet, is he? Uh, yeah, like you said, the Sonny Oda thing was just stupid. Why is he even out there? He's not even, like... Scouting. Yeah, but uh, like you said, I think it was pointless spot that, that added nothing to the match, really. No, it didn't uh, affect the finish, did it, really? So No. Uh, but yeah, obviously, can't all be fucking world-class from Dino, can they? But he did. He, no. He, he got his quality in there, I suppose. Yeah, um, he can only wrestle what's put in front of you, I guess. Yep. And then we get um, Big Bubba with Jimmy Hart. He's back with him this week versus the... Do you want to give him his title? Gravy sweating, cousin fucker. Get Jared. Slap nuts. <laughs> Old slap nuts himself. Didn't we have this about three or four weeks ago? Yeah. We had the exact same finish. I know. <laughs> I've just put Booker, uh, Booker, Bubba needs a repackage, and I am fucking bored of Jarrett. I'm bored yeah, of him. Already. Yeah. I would say start at the beginning. <laughs> Mid entrance, fucking dipshit. <laughs> So Bubba's in the ring, and then before Jarrett comes out, they start fucking hour two. Why? <laughs> Today and Bobby is still on about fucking Hogan and Piper. Jarrett actually gets fucking proper booze, man. Yeah, no one's interested anymore, are they? Yeah, I'm bored already. Big power slam by Bubba. This fucking game struck's about. Swinging neck breaker to Bubba. That was a botchy Hart one as cho- well, though. Do you not think? Yeah, it wasn't the best. Heart chokes on Jarrett. Jarrett goes after him. Bubba makes the save, but hits Hart anyway. It's like, <laughs> fuck's sake. So obviously, like, Hart's held Jarrett back and he ducks and fucking clocks yeah. the Hart. Crossbody for two. Bubba counters a figure four and Hart chucks in the megaphone. Jarrett drop kicks it into Bubba's face for the same finish as last time. Woeful. <laughs> I like the, I like, I did like the finish when they did it, like it four weeks three ago. Three weeks later again, though. Yeah. <laughs> And his hair's just fucking worse and worse as the weeks go on. <laughs> it's fucking... Why do the same finish? Why would you do that? I don't understand that. You do it You do it maybe three, four years later when people have forgot about it because it's quite a yeah. cool little finish. But it is a cool finish, yeah. Don't book the match if you can't think of a better finish. <laughs> I know, I know. There's so many people that could have put Jarrett in there with. Why are they fucking... putting him with Bubba again? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> But yeah, like you said, I'm getting I'm getting really bored of Jarrett now. I think he's I had a, I had a little bit there where I thought, oh, he's doing some good stuff, and now he's just ugh, just there. Pony. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Steiners are in the ring. Yep. Rick calls out Sting. Sting's in the rafters, obviously hanging out. Yep. He offers Sting out. Sting nods. We get a match. Simple as that. Yeah, it's as simple as it gets, isn't it? Pretty um, much, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after that, here come the NWO. First appearance of the night for them. Um, yeah, Paul Bischoff. Bischoff interrupts. Yeah, Walt. I think Waltman was there as well. To be fair, yeah, um, I think Virgil and Walt. Uh, sorry, fucking one mil Virgil. 
give him his proper name. And six, <laughs> they do come out with him, but I think they leave. They fuck off, don't they? Yeah. So, so it's outsiders and Bischoff making their way to the commentary booth. And welcome to a little NWO Monday Nitro. I'm back! <laughs> what a pretty hey. picture. What a pretty picture. You guys, I love you guys. <laughs> Woo. Send one out to the well, NWO. What do, they, what do they have for, you know what, guys? You heard Sting, man. He said he's going to be here tonight. We couldn't miss this one for the world. Congratulations to Sting jumping on the black and white express. Come on in for the big win. Can't wait to see you. Welcome aboard Stinger. Very nice. Punk Steiner. That's right. Speaking of punks, I want to cover some ground here since I've been off the air for a couple of weeks. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Buddy, I am your best friend. Truly, I am. I'm trying to protect you from yourself, from them. From Hollywood. Oh, you don't want none of that. That's why I tried to keep you out of WCW. You know what happened to that tub of guts, Van Vader? I mean, I think I could arrange for some footage. I mean, he wanted a piece of Hogan. Oh, oh. And they're, they're covering the rest of the night, apparently. Yeah, Bischoff does his gimpy, we're not worthy, bowing down to the crowd, thinking he's fucking lame as fuck. He does that all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> Heenan just gets straight off. <laughs> no messing about. Bischoff's lame as fuck, he really don't work with him. Really doesn't work with him. Yeah, he doesn't. He's, not quite gra- he's not got it. Yeah, I think he gets it more than Hogan, though, weirdly. Yeah, but anyone in the fucking thing gets it more than... Even the Giant gets it more than Hogan. Yeah, true. <laughs> the allude to Sting joining the Black and White Express... Which is what they call in the NWO. <laughs> is that like a dig at Lex? Do you think? Possibly. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Bischoff was saving. He's saving Piper. Is the only friend he's got. And then he mentions Vader, which was pointless because he's not even in the fucking company. So What's that got to do with anything? No, because Vader was main event in WWF at the time, wasn't he? After he did facing Michaels, he's probably yeah. just trying to belittle their product. They show Slambery 1995 footage for fuck's sake. And then they showed a flare beat down that we didn't think was flare, and the yeah. savage chalk outline bit. So we get these three for the NWO hour, which technically was less than an hour. So, <laughs> oh dear. So we get the first match with their with them leading us. I guess uh, it's uh, Squire Dave Taylor versus Eddie Guerrero. I thought this could be really good. Yeah, didn't really live up to it though, did it? <laughs> Uh, well, no. Bischoff reminds everyone that there's three weeks to convert the contracts. Yep. Paul says that they need a good Englishman. <laughs> Looking and into the do... international market, he's saying. Stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> they do put over, over Eddie as well. He says yeah. he's no six, but he can go. Yeah. He shits all over six. I like one, <laughs> but fucking hell. He shits <laughs> all over better. six. <laughs> Eddie's proper fucking fired up, though. He jumps it with his uh, Michael Flatley jacket still on. <laughs> Flatly, my dad. <laughs> I don't river dance. <laughs> well, I was wearing Tycoon Eddie, Gu- Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Shows the Eddie beating Conan last week. Uh, there's too much split screen for my liking at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Sailor uppercuts and head scissors, which was nice. Uh, he works a double wrist lock as Hall and Nash talk about sushi. There's a slam by Eddie, and he still keeps the arm, the wrist lock, which I thought was really nice. 
Eddie fights back to get a lovely head scissors uh, and a frog splash for free. Nice, quick, inoffensive TV match. I'd have liked it to go a little bit longer, a few more minutes. Yeah. And uh, Eddie looks miffed at the NWO, to be fair. Yeah, he does. They all do, to be fair, at certain points. What, what a really quick match is this week. Yeah, a lot of quick fire. Wasn't there? there wasn't really much to... You didn't really get a chance to get into any of them, really. Like, no, I think, I think Eddie Dave Taylor, if you give him like eight to ten minutes, it could be banging, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're both... Well, Dave Taylor's solid as fuck. Yeah. Can work that English style and, and Eddie's fucking top tier, obviously. Yeah. Well, up next, we had some more on the road hotel loneliness with a twist. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Tony the Tiger isn't happy, pal. Oh, Nash, uh, Nash says he's live from Arn Anderson's double wide trailer. And then he comes out. Um, with Flair in Charlotte, he's like the Beatles in Liverpool and Hall says, says you mean old and dated? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm at a party, I'm at, I've got to go at a party. You're not at a party. He's definitely not at a party. No, he's not, is he? He's never been at a party. Him. No. <laughs> but then we get our favourite dad on nights. I know. Could be, could be any minute now, could be his final match. <laughs> I know. He's real enough to get in his ass handed to him by uh, Lord Woodentop last week, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he means business tonight. Yeah. He's against um, the uh, <laughs> the Daniel Garcia of his time. The Daniel Garcia of the 90s, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Old Jimmy Powers. He's got Teddy back in his corner again. I thought they'd split up a few weeks ago, but it seems like that's back on again. I did too, but did you not notice how Teddy screamed West Side into the camera <laughs> as he walked out? Yeah, just what? <laughs> well, I think I think he's he's clearly on two pack side in the uh, two pack biggie wars. <laughs> Fucking hell, dear me! <laughs> so, um, Anne starts it off hot. He takes it outside. Oh, and he goes straight in. Shoulders of Jim Powers. You know, he's working the arm, digging his knees into the injured arm as well and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's largely dominant by Arn, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, there's a really nice bit. When he when he took him outside, he was like rubbing his face on the mats on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was vicious stuff. Vicious stuff from Arn. Like, you see, he's like, um, he, like you said, he's like fuming. He got beat last week. Well, he didn't get beat, did he? But he, he got knocked out of the tournament because of, of Luger and because of the double count now. So, like, he's... He wants to take it out on somebody. And unfortunately for Jimmy Powers, that was him. There was a nice bit where they were mocking him, Hall and Nash, when he came down, but they put him over. They were saying, like, a lot of people talk tough, but Ann Anderson can back it up. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. And then they just fucking rip into Zabisco saying, stick to golf, mate, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Powers' comeback was piss poor. It was like a shitty knee lift. A drop kick, a clothesline, and Arn Anderson thinks, fuck off, mate. Top tier DDT, three. See you later. <laughs> it, was na- it was decent enough. It was just nice to see Arn Anderson's main streak. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He's so vicious when he gets going, isn't he? Um, fucking, he's great. So, after that, though, we get something that, you know, this is something that we've been looking, potentially looking forward to happen quite some time. It's the US title tournament again, and it's Benoit versus Lord Stephen Regal. Now you're talking, boys. Yeah. So they both come out, obviously, 
Benoit with his clacks in tune, whatever you call it. <laughs> I've actually got that tune now. Have you? <laughs> actually, I actually own that on MP3, so so you might it, it might worm its way into this podcast somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Regal's out, and then Hall says, "Oh, they they gave Regal that belt. Obviously, they they were involved in when Luger had it, and that's how he managed to get you know get get his hands on it." This is uh, this is right up your street. This match, isn't it? You've been sort of mentioning this is a potential quarter of a match that we could see down the line. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm conflicted with this because right. I, I really enjoyed the match, mm. but because Regal got colour hard way early and they had a no blood policy, they panned mm. back to a wide angle. Yes, I was wondering why they did that. If you see early, it, it, I can't remember what happened. It was so right. I, I really struggle with the commentary because Bischoff is fucking irritating. Yeah. He's like genuinely giddy that he's with the cool kids. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he just doesn't work. So it starts off with a stiff exchange and Regal works the arm into a Greco-Roman knuckle lock. There's a struggle with it. Does vicious palm strikes, not like them fucking piss-poor juicing Liger ones, and a hip-toss takedown. Regal gets a hard way during the hip toss. Say they must have caught himself on something because you mm. can see the blood coming down the middle of his head. Uh, there's a drop toe hold and vicious strikes by Regal, superb headlock reversals. And then the hard cam goes wild because they have no fucking blood policy. And then it's only fucking how times have changed on TBS. Fucking hell. <laughs> Every fucking they've, they've got close-ups of John Moxley gigging himself in the corner on AEW. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But on here, you couldn't even have a trickle. <laughs> they said they they tried to mask it, but they said, "Oh, we want to see if Sting's here," didn't they? That's what they were saying. Like, we want to see if Sting's in the crowd. And I was just like, "Fucking, that was a weird choice." But I didn't I didn't know it's the blood. To be fair, so it must have must have been sort of blinking, you miss it type thing. I mean, it, it does it does hurt the match a little bit. Massively, massively. Well, I try to be optimistic and positive about this one. They chop the shit out of each other. There's big knees and he ties up Benoit. Yeah. A big slam and the swan dies for two by Benoit. Delayed cover, though, because obviously it genuinely does fuck his head up. So he uh, yeah. it takes a while to, to cover him, so it makes sense to only get two. There's a phenomenal tombstone reversal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Resulting in Regal getting dropped. He rolls out of the ring to sell it, but barely sells it. Mm. Which is a bit eh. And then he's because he's, he's straight up and sidesteps old Benoit's Pescado. Pescado. Back in and Regal uppercuts and hits a lovely butterfly suplex with two. These twos make sense because they're delayed. It takes a while for them to cover them, so you can understand why they're only getting two. Mm. Benoit hits a fucking monster release German folding, absolutely folding Regal up. Yeah. There's a great corner bump by Regal from a Benoit Irish whip. And then he hits a dragon suplex with a bridge for three. Other than the wide shot and the no sell by Regal, it was superb. But te- yeah. I mean, in, a, in a purely technical thing, it's, it's my kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like I, that, that camera shot really hurt it for me. Like I sort of lost, not not lost interest, but I sort of I, felt I came out of it a little bit when it I could I couldn't I couldn't sort of see it as close as I want to see it. The shots weren't quite as clear as I wanted them, but like you said, like technicality was you know two of these guys are top of top of the range, aren't they? So oh, God, they're, yeah. 
the bits we did see were really good. It's just a shame that we it was sort of ha- ha- a little hamstrung by that issue, unfortunately. Well, then we get Anne, Benoit, Mongo, and Roboto. No Jarrett and no woman. <laughs> tea Jean- or coffee. Tea or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I don't know. Before I interview anybody, maybe I should be talking about whether I've got a contract or I'm going to be back at a golf course. Arn Anderson, come on in. I want to get Chris Benoit in here, too, and talk some business that I think needs to be addressed here tonight on this television program in light of things that have happened recently. Certainly, I see Benoit coming off a victory earlier on. You successful. I think all of a sudden the worm has turned. I see momentum here for the horsemen, including the big victory for Steve Monga McMichael and, of course, Chris Benoit at Halloween Havoc against the Faces of Fear. Very tough team indeed. And, Deborah, you certainly look terrific tonight. Arn Anderson, let's start from the top of this laundry list. Last week, I'm upside down in the wreck, getting broke in half. One week later, I'm enjoying that incredible rush of driving somebody's head through the mat. Nitro, you gotta love it. Now, Luger, first of all, I'll address one thing where you're concerned and I'm getting off of it. Two things I'll never use to describe you are quitter or coward. You're neither one. You've proven that. But the horsemen are refocusing. We're rededicating ourselves. If WCW needs leaders, we'll take that responsibility. Popper, we'll back your play. But we're only no greater than the sum of our parts. And Chris, one part's missing. Where's woman? Right now, woman is taking care of horseman business, as she always does, aren't Shopping. I don't know. If she was taking care of horseman business, she'd be right here at the Hare Arena because this is where a horseman business is taking place. Make no mistake about it, Arn. Make no mistake about it. Woman is as much a horseman as all of us standing here. I know the horsemen are going through a transition period right now, plagued by injuries, but through thick and thin, we've kept our side of the bargain up. All right, Steve McMichael. A minute, Chris. And this ain't no time to be screaming and hollering, baby. All I can do is give you some advice from my own personal experience, baby. You know, not long ago, I was part of another team that should have been a dynasty. It didn't happen. Why? First, with a little victory comes a, a little ego. Guys start worrying about their own personal agenda. And then what happens? It what tore it all apart, baby. Dissension. Oh, no. Steve, stop it right there. I will tell you what dissension is. If having to listen to Nancy every week in the dressing room talking about how great Chris is and how cute Chris is, and I'm sick and tired of her tacky, cheap perfume she sprays on herself because she says Chris loves it. And I tell you, this this has started a long time ago for me. A little expose like here. I Ever love since it. I was in elementary school, it started there when I was little Miss Alabama. And then when I was in junior high, and I was Miss Cinderella. And then on even into high school when I was the prom queen and the homecoming queen. And on to college when I was Miss Crimson Tide. And even on to later on in life as Mrs. Texas and Mrs. Illinois. I tell you what, if you don't straighten this out, it's going to tear everything up. 
And the way you deal with this is you have to rise above it. Arn Anderson, what do you make of What's your sense of all of this? Let me look at the world and everybody out there and much. put this in perspective because I am one of the head knockers. Chris Benoit, you were handpicked as a horseman. Nobody's more prouder of you than myself. You give me your word, woman's a horseman. You give me your word, we're going to put this back together. And Nature Boy, I know you're at home, baby. You're as big a part of this as you ever were. Then that's all I need. Put it there, pal. One other thing I want to mention. I have noticed, Chris Benoit, in all due respect, that woman has been going out to the ring, in my opinion, it seems, with you exclusively. Gene, woman is a horseman, and I'm a horseman. Well, sometimes things aren't always as they seem. Listen, let the world tell you out there. Adversity introduces a man to himself. And we'd all rather be a horseman than anything else we can think of. Woo! Right Thank there. You. Gene has to get his creepy line in there. Oh, you're looking, yeah. you're looking, you're looking there. Or whatever looking, is, yeah. looking lovely tonight, Deborah. <laughs> what did you uh, reckon about Hans' bit on this double bubble, um, bubble A promo? Yeah, he says he says he got that rush of driving someone's head into the mat. <laughs> Loved it like that. <laughs> and he said that um, Luger's no quite coward, and he's he's got no quitting him. And he said that the horsemen they needed to refocus and regroup and stuff like that. But it's some good stuff. Um, I I thought I thought when he said that Luger's no quitter, I thought that they had issue. The issue all stems from Luger quitting in what? Yeah, yeah. But I think maybe I think what that what he was what they were trying to get across was the fact that that Luger had changed. Luger had sort of he proved himself to Arn, I suppose. Now and he, you know, I think I think that was the sort of point they were trying to get across. That he's seen what yeah. Luke is about at first hand, I think. Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, yeah, um, surprising. Yes, uh, yes, Benoit, where a woman is, and yeah. the uh, usual, usual line comes out taking care of horseman business. But Anne's like, um, no, we're the horsemen are here, mate, taking care yeah. of horseman business is being here, which is fair enough. Yeah. And then, uh, then we get old Mongo. He gets on at Benoit for getting involved with woman. Three babies, nice. Free, free on the count, yeah, love that. Got that down. Yeah. <laughs> Roboto gets her shit in. She's Brian wank. Cage, is it? She is absolute fucking stick of the dump, isn't she? <laughs> she says she's sick of Nancy. No one knows who Nancy is. Exactly. Yeah. There's no context, is there? Yeah. It's like, who fuck's Nancy? <laughs> I thought Benoit, I thought Benoit and uh, Mongo were quite good here. And, yeah. and, and his class, class as always, there's a little bit of dissension in the ranks, but they sort of pull it back together at the end. I thought it went a little bit too long. I think they repeated themselves a little bit, but the, the whole point of it was like, Anne was like, I need your word that woman's, she can be trusted and stuff like this, and yeah. she's with us. And they sort of shake hands, but obviously the seeds have been sown, haven't they? There's, there's that, that level of doubt within the group that could be sort of, that could blossom. Like you said, I thought it was good stuff in it. I think they just like they just repeated themselves a little bit towards the end. I don't. I think they sort of lost their way a little bit. Um, a little bit, yeah. I think Benoit was a bit like that though, wasn't he? Like he just sort of his his promos are a bit like if you give him like a clear direction, he he's all right. But like he sort of he it seems like he lost his lost his way a little bit towards the end when he didn't really know how to finish it off. Yeah, it does tail off, doesn't he? A little bit. Yeah. Next, we get episode five of. 
can Luger rack this fat lad? Yes, he can. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch this dick. He's got go <laughs> home heat with me. Rock or rock? And it, oh, no, I'm these two think. fucking penis. I can't I'm, do it. I'm well into Luger now. Like him. <laughs> he, <some reason. laughs> He's, getting, he's slowly getting over with me, but if it, anyone against these two pillars, either of these two pillars, I can't do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Nash, Nash mocks him and says ECW could be the fourth promotion between NW, behind, sorry, NWO, WCW, and just like a Japanese promotion in there. <laughs> uh, Bischoff asked for three bucks so he could buy ECW out. Hall says that the sweetest part of the deal is that you can play bingo there too. Uh, under four minutes but it was still too long what did you think of this shite yeah some of the stuff that they've gone short with and then they give like four or five minutes to this it's like ah, didn't need it just the, no. the, the short stuff should have been stuff like this Luger just beating the fuck out of this rocker rock fella and then just racking him getting the job done he walks out he doesn't need out anything other than that because the crowd's absolutely ravenous for him anyway um, no tables though so you know, progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're half expecting that, aren't you? A chairs to come out, a table to come out. So, like, that was a nice surprise, actually. But, yeah, it was... I, there was one point where it was, like, the, the, the guy on the outside, uh, was it Grunge? It's Johnny Grunge, is it, or something like Grunge, that? Grunge, yeah. He was holding Lex on the ropes, and the ref's just like, yeah, just, just let, let him do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, was <laughs> it, it was shit, and obviously he gets him in the rack, and... That's uh, that's the end of that. But obviously Luger just continues his momentum. But then we get to sort of the the main event. It's not really a match. Main event segment, I would say, in a way. Uh, so Rick Steiner's coming to the ring. And the, a National Hall make a point of saying something like, oh, somewhere down the line, if it does happen, Steiner's would bring the best out of us. I'm thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, uh, and they're just going about how massive Scott is. <laughs> obsessed. Big game. <laughs> they're good mates with him though I think at the, uh, so oh, like, oh, probably yeah so I think like I think they're in a way just trying to put him over but he came across as quite like obsessive <laughs> like <laughs> like that, that guy's on steroids clearly yeah <laughs> yeah like proper like pointing it out Sting comes down to the ring big old pop and as you probably expect it is the Chrissy Tarrant pop uh, it could only be that. Expected. Yeah, could only be that. <laughs> so it's a bit of an odd one because I don't know. Yeah. Was it, was it, they were saying it was they were like promoting it as a match, but it it wasn't really a match, was it? No, because I knew when he said it was a match, I'm thinking, well, he don't wrestle properly yeah. for month like a year. He comes into the ring, he drops the bat, and then he turns his back, essentially saying, "I'm a free hit. kind of thing. Yeah, and he rolls out, and Scotty throws him back in. Rick misses a Steiner line and gets death dropped. Scott's in. Sting drags the, uh, grabs the bat. He moves Scotty away and uh, does what he did with Luger. Sort of pushes him with the bat and then gives it him. Turns his back again. But Scott Steiner stands in the way of Rick swinging the bat. And he takes the back off Rick and chucks it. Sting takes the bat and leaves. I'm like, I know it's all adding intrigue, but I didn't get what. Yeah, this was. It's like if you've got it, was it more like if you've got an issue with me, go on, take your shot. Yeah, but I don't want to fight you, even though I death dropped you, sort of thing. Was it like it's on? I don't know. It's like it's like it wasn't like it was like he was saying it's on my terms because if he was on his terms, he wouldn't have even come down, would he? Yeah, it was a bit odd. Um, Bit nuance. 
yeah, I don't even, yeah, it, it didn't, didn't sort of resonate as some of the other stuff that's been with the Sting. I like, I like that that sort of like that that point to the NWO though. I thought that bit. Was yeah, good. it was because they've, they've, yeah, been, they've all... been they've been trying to plant the seed that he's NWO, haven't they? He wears black and white. He's a loner. He's blah blah blah, and he sort of I think they put a bit of distance between that in that sort of just that little stare down really. And I think I yeah, think and it shows I think Hall and Nash in their armor. I think Hall and Nash looked a little bit worried as well, like which was I thought yeah. they played it quite well. Um, That's what I meant. It shows a little chink in the sort of otherwise, you know, yeah. untouchable NWO armor, which yeah. is something that they've like they, these guys are not phased by anything. They're, they're yeah. like a big, like band of merry misfits who'll kick the fuck out of anybody. But yeah. that one guy, you know, they don't know about him. They're not sure about yeah, him. They don't know. He's, what's an, he's going an enigma. On. Yeah, like that type of thing. Yeah, I thought that which was pulled thought it thought that was back a bit for me. Yeah, yeah, it pulled it back for me, um, and obviously. We go off air with that, yeah. and I thought it was—I thought it was decent-ish. There's a few duffers in there. Mm. Bischoff was fucking horrendous. Yeah, it, it was bad. It, it, it piles a ton of intrigue on Sting again, and I don't yeah. think it hurt Rick Steiner that much. I'd give it a six out of ten, maybe. Yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't the worst segment, but it was just the little bits where you think, why, "Why have they done that? Was there any need for that?" But like, I think it left it on a good point, which was the best you can do, really. Yeah, I'm talking about the whole show in general. Oh, the whole I mean, show. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some shitters in there, weren't there? Let's be honest, right? It was it was yeah, a middle of the road. Yeah, it was a good six out of ten. I'd say solid, if I'm being generous. But no, it's good. Last couple of Oh yeah. no! Last couple of weeks we had some really good matches on. The, the sting, the sting, sort of thing to go home with. You know, I can understand why they wanted to leave that as the sort of lasting impression night. But yeah. yeah, I don't know if it pulled it back enough for me. Mm. So, what was your take on the whole shebang? I thought it was a week. I thought it was a week show. Really, I thought. It, I thought it, like I thought it was middle of the road, like five, like five out of ten, maybe. Yeah. Uh, just too many like quick fire matches. I think I just I didn't not not enough to get into, not enough development of any storylines really, other than the Sting stuff. And there wasn't anything from Hogan or Piper, so it's like that's yeah, exactly. two two main things. And um, everybody was just talking about Hogan and Piper, but you didn't see Hogan or Piper. Yeah, so it's like they missed a the trick. Really, they could have they could have built something else like. Let's let's build that. Let's really build that US title tournament or something like that, or really build, yeah, you know, the tag belts match or something like that. But there wasn't really, wasn't any substance to it really, which was a shame because the Nitros have been really good recently, but this one just sort of fell below par, I think. But at least they're actually building to the pay per view, whereas because a lot of it was just trying to do the TV and get ratings on the TV and stuff. So at least they're actually working towards the goal of the pay per view. Yeah, 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 definitely. But it's like you'd think they'd be doing a bit more for like their their WrestleMania, wouldn't they? That's the only thing. Yeah, you can't open it. I mean, I know a lot of things are pinned on one match because that's your draw essentially. But yeah. you know, there might be people who aren't really into that. So you know, you you plug the other shit that you got coming up, unless you didn't know what was going on at the time. I mean, the Dino Ultimo Dragon thing—they could have pushed that a bit harder. Yeah, I think. Because the the Ono thing, if that was supposed to, you know, get people to want to see it, it was didn't do third. anything really, did it? No. no. Ernie Road, what was your uh, match of the night, bud? Match of the night. Um, I think, I think probably 
Faces of Fear and Riggs and Gibson, weirdly. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad shout. I mean, I'm going to go for Benoit Regal just because technically it was superior than anything else on the show. I know, I know why you're you have misgivings about it because of the hard yeah. camera issue, but in terms of match quality, it was there, but it's just like in terms of a watchability, it just didn't have the same yeah. thing for me. So, totally, totally get you. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was just it was the best one. But I also agree that the face of fear. I just love watching the face of fear. I think, yeah, it's just. I, think, I thought I thought Riggs and fun. Gibson had a nice little bit of. Like early chemistry, if that's going to be something going yeah. forward, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, weren't bad at all. Yeah. It, who was your MVP? MVP. Ad Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'll give a bit of a shout out to the National Hall. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good on comms, to be fair, as well. They, they were, but sadly, Bischoff hurt them a little yeah. bit, I think. He, made, and, he brought uh, them down a notch, didn't he? Unfortunately. Yeah, it was a bit. Hogany in the third, it's like just shut the fuck up and let these two just fucking do what they do, man. They said some re- they said some really funny stuff and like like and like yeah. some actual they they were actually putting people over as well on commentary as well, which is which is good. Um, but I just think Arn, all right, he did an all right match where he just showcased his like his aggressive streak and his vicious you know nature, and then he yeah. had two two decent you know one really really good promo and, and another decent one, so he just sort of yeah. dominated the show really. I agree, and they needed an Ann Anderson on this show because otherwise it'd have gone right in the toilet. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Disco Duggan Hart slash Hogan Award. It's got to be Bischoff, hasn't it? Bischoff, Glacier. <laughs> Briefly, uh, yeah, but I'd say Bischoff because he was more egregious. He was on. He was on like fucking forty-five percent of the show, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to give it to Bischoff. To be fair, he was. Pretty, he, he was bad on commentary anyway, but now he's trying to be like he's proper paid up to the heel stuff, and like it's just it's just cringy, really cringy stuff. It's um, like the yeah. guy, it's like the year seven who's friends with the fucking year 11s, isn't he? He's, yeah. such, he's so happy to be there. I'm friends with you're, the, big you're guys. the fucking boss. It's yeah. like it, it just it screams Tony Khan, it's like you're the boss, mate. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> Barn of the night, it's got to be the anorexic receding mullet of the Eye of Gibson. It's got to be, isn't it? I was just thinking that. It literally can't be anything else. <laughs> Utter fucking pony, it really. You just is. give it up, don't you? You just give it up when it gets yeah. to that point. <laughs> He's still got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got worse, though, surely. Oh, God, it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, another one in the bag, another one in the books. Yeah. We'll be rolling on towards Starcade nineteen ninety-six. Uh I think our next show is the 9th of December. Yeah. So we'll hopefully see some more angles. Is anyone else gonna join the fucking NWO? We'll we know see. we know Piper's there next week, so that's gonna there's gonna be some developments in the main event. So Let, let's we'll hope so because I'd rather hear Piper talk about it than every other bastard talk about it. Yeah, because some of his promos recently have been really good. Oh yeah, when uh, you get when you get Piper locked into a solid angle, there's not many better when he can just yeah. vent on it. Yeah. I think he's superb, and he's quite funny as well. In that, yeah. it just tickles you. Some of his fucking like, what was that? What did he do with Bischoff? Um, yeah, it was just in his face. And like, what was it? Yeah. What, what flight did he get on? And all this and like yeah, yeah. all that stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It wasn't the greatest episode. It's 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 had a lull from the last two weeks. Hopefully next week it can pick up 
where it left off on the 25th of November yeah. uh, as we as we troll along to Starcade. But to be fair, we were quite lucky. We were quite into the sort of Piper Hogan stuff when it was just yeah. promos and that. But to me, is it too much of a good thing and then it does it to death and you get a bit bored? Yeah, with it? yeah maybe, maybe a little week off maybe it'll, might, might help it. I don't know. But they are That's chatting about it an awful lot. <laughs> so yeah. they're not letting you forget about it regardless. Uh Jarrett Jarrett's dead in the water. He's just he's, yeah. he's just getting boring as well. So I mean I'm hoping like they don't all the stuff that they're starting to shove down your throat, it's it tends to get a bit bit boring. There's not there's not much going on other than the Hogan Piper stuff. So I'm hoping like the best, to be fair, I know it's uncomfortable as fuck, but at least Benoit Sullivan's something that you can sort of get your teeth into. Yeah, there's a bit of meat to it. It's raw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Malenko and Otomo dragging it up that. I'm hoping to see more sort of Eddie DDP-based shenanigans. Hoping that comes back. Um, Are they they both for the US title tournament? Is there any potential for them to meet there or...? Yeah, no, you know, you might know you might be right there. I think Eddie's definitely in it because he's facing Benoit. Yeah. Now, okay. as much as I love as much as I love watching Benoit in the ring, we've seen Eddie Benoit about three or four times. Never going to complain about it. I want to see Eddie DDP again. Oh, you want to see Eddie Eddie Regal in the next round? I wouldn't mind seeing Eddie Regal because we're going to get Eddie Benoit. I can't remember who DDP's facing, but yeah, uh, there is a possibility that they might meet in that tournament. Yeah. That could be interesting. That should, that should be sweet. Anyway, as always, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, it's at Adjective Pod. You know, any questions you've got for us? Not doesn't have to be cereal based. I know we like a bit of cereal, but we don't have to be you that. Can ask or wrestling BGs. questions as well. You know, we, yeah, you can are. ask wrestling <laughs> questions, football questions, partridge questions, anything you want to ask us. You know, <laughs> like we invented the skip. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We invented the skip, bloody Bobby Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he played centre midfield for Spurs. <laughs> um, yeah, if you <laughs> Bobby Bar. <laughs> oh, you disagree, boy. <laughs> right. So, if you want, if you want to give us a a rating on Spotify, give us a nice five star Davy Meltzer. We would uh, appreciate that wholeheartedly. If you want to also subscribe to us, give us a super kick in Sigari. Anything like that, don't slap your thigh. We know, we know you can't do that. Not on Spotify. They don't allow that kind of shite. <laughs> anyway, we will be back in a fortnight to light your ears up with audio mm, silver. It's not quite gold yet, but we'll get in there. <laughs> Any uh, further business, man? Uh, no, no, no further business to report. All right, then we'll go for it. I said I'm infamous two words. Those high-flying Lucha Libre two-words, Rey Mysterio. Cheerio. The preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Adjective.